Well, we're just two days away until Bruin basketball has their first true road test of the season. They've had the neutral court tournaments where they've played in in Maui and whatnot. They've had a lot of home games. But this is going to be the next sign, a barometer to chart the progress of this team and to see how they handle themselves on the road in a true test against a Power 5 opponent in Notre Dame. And if you recall last year when the Bruins had their first true road game, it came against Mick Cronin when he was the head coach in Cincinnati. Did not work out too well for the Bruins, but hey, we got Cronin on our side now. And before I go further, let's welcome you in. This is Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley, your host. I'm on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. Email is always open, open form for you to bash me or to compliment me or something in between. LockedOnBruins at gmail.com and then that subscribe button. If you hit that, I will be eternally grateful and will think of you as a friend for life. All right, so what do we have for you today? Mick Cronin spoke yesterday. He had his weekly press conference and briefed us on the status of the team, gave us his thoughts on the matchup on Saturday against Notre Dame. So I'm going to regurgitate some of the things, the pertinent talking points that he discussed on this podcast. We'll talk about that. Plus, something really special that I teased yesterday in the podcast. First-year UCLA gymnastics head coach Chris Waller is going to join the program. He spoke about what it's like taking over for the legendary Miss Val after being an assistant with the team for 17 years. So much pressure. How does he handle that? How is his program going to look different than Miss Val's? And much more will be discussed. So that's something to look forward to on this episode as well but I want to tip off with basketball here and I brought up the point that Mick Cronin was on the winning side of the Bruins first road test last season and Cronin simply put said look I don't bring that up to my players this year when discussing hey you guys remember last year when you got beat pretty bad you know he he amounts to it in saying, look, we're a completely different team this year. And he is very skeptical and very hesitant at any time to parallel anything from last season to this season. And he would not really go any further on that other than the fact that, yes, this is going to be a barometer for this team to see how they perform at Notre Dame. And good news is the, the Bruins are going to have David Singleton back. Singleton missed the game on Sunday with a foot injury, which he injured in practice a couple days before that game. And it sounds like Singleton is good to go, according to Cronin. So he will be available on Saturday. That is good news. When you talk about somebody that can come in and play lockdown defense, who can hit an outside shot, who is going to more or less take very good care of the basketball and is going to give you 100% energy, great attitude all game long. Very coachable. You want those kind of guys. And even though he did not play, 
against Denver, you could feel where he was missed. Prince Ali has missed, speaking of miss, has missed a lot of shots this year. It's been, it's been a challenge for him from beyond the arc. He's admitted this. He spoke as well yesterday at the press conference, and he said that Mick Cronin is working individually with him in improving his outside shot in terms of how helping him square up his body better on three-pointers, keeping it straighter, because he says sometimes when he shoots, he twists, and it leads to more shots missing the mark, and it hurts his percentage. So that's something that he's working on. He is 8 of 38, I believe, from three-point territory. He went 1 of 5 against Denver from downtown. He went 1 of 9 against Hofstra. The three-point as a team, that percentage, right around 30%. Not great, and obviously something that is a work in progress for Mick Cronin's team. And he said... First of all, yeah, a lot of the the woes from downtown are because of shot selection. They're also from youth. And then, of course, he spoke specifically about what he's doing with Prince Ali to help him face the basket better and stay more online with his target. But again, I think he said this as well, and I think the players would agree, that they're forced three-pointers. They're not in rhythm. Those in rhythm, catch-and-shoot, you know, inside-out threes are ones that go down at a much higher percentage than you trying to take your man off the dribble and fire a three, a contested three. The percentage of those going in is obviously a lot less than working it inside of the paint, penetrating, kick-out, squaring up, knocking it down, with some room to spare and not so much a hand in your face. But I found this the most fascinating part of what Mick Cronin was conversing about during this press conference. And it was because this team is young, because this team is inexperienced, his biggest caution is that at times this team gets down on themselves, and they pout. And what that does is that obviously compounds problems. So, okay, you you have a lapse defensively. But what he's seen, and I don't think this is symptomatic of McCronin. I think this is a, a lingering problem that's been taking place for this program for years, is that they let letdowns defensively, let's say, affect them in future plays. So it's like a guy, let's say a guy beats Chris Smith to the cup and then it happens again because mentally you're still downtrodden in the fact that you let that happen the first time. So the whoever's driving is is mentally beating you twice. And so Cronin was saying that what could just be one mistake it ends up compiling to like a a 10-point run on the other team. And so he has developed drills to kind of key in on the body language of guys and to say, hey, this is what we need to do in these situations. 
and not to to whine or to mope and obviously making sure his guys kind of have more uh, communicative behavior out there and, and encourage each other more when they make a mistake so that they have the support of their teammates and they're not just taking it out on themselves, berating themselves mentally and letting it affect them for more than just that play. So obviously that's an important key and I've got more to talk about with Mick Cronin. But we're going to do that on the other side. Coming up next, Chris Waller, first-year UCLA gymnastics coach, joins the program from how he's handling the pressure of taking over such a prestigious program, how he's trying to make it his own program, how the culture is going to look different than under Miss Val. These topics will be discussed and more, so don't go anywhere. We have a celebrity of all celebrities joining us. It's the one and only Chris Waller, former Bruin himself, now taking over as the head coach for UCLA Gymnastics. It's got to feel like a dream that you never wake up from, right? Oh taking over this position. It's ridiculous. Like every single day, literally driving into work, I'm like, this is incredible. The opportunity to coach at my alma mater, you know, I trained here for 10 years, went to school here, and then to coach here for 17 years and as an assistant, and then to finally be able to be in this position and coach at, you know, the number one public institution in the country. And just with these athletes, they're just amazing human beings. Yeah, it's amazing. One of the things I'm really fascinated about is obviously Miss Val established a clear culture and identity for this program, make it one of the most successful and revered programs in the country. And at the same time, you're your own person. You're yep. your own coach. So how do you balance what she created here and then also putting your own stamp on things? Yeah, that is not that easy, actually. <laughs> I, I imagine it's <laughs> really hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not easy. <laughs> I don't envy you. I yeah. mean, the thing is, having worked with Ms. Val for so many years, she, of course, had her, her concept and her program and her culture established. But over the years, it felt like a lot of that culture became our culture. That so many of the things that we had been doing felt like we were doing them. And to, you know, if I had come in and done the exact same thing with all the same language, it would have felt like Miss Val 2.0, which would have been inauthentic. And so, to be honest, it's been a journey for me to figure out, you know, what do I absolutely love and embrace about what we've been doing? And how, what other things would I want to do slightly differently? So, yeah, that's been a journey. And I think it's been... Um, the way it really started at the beginning outset was to ultimately just build trust with the team and with the individuals and make sure that there was open dialogue and communication with all of them so they understand like where I'm coming from and what the vision is and where we're going. We're joined by Chris Waller, first-year head coach, UCLA Gymnastics. And because you were an assistant under Coach Val for 17 years, I'm sure that there was a level of trust, obviously, with you taking over. The, players knew, or the, the gymnasts knew you and what you were all about. And how often, though, as you try to create your own way at the same time, do you hear Miss Val in your mind? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, often. Yeah. I, and I often find myself, like right now, um, there's just been some things that have been coming up where it makes me keep thinking about one of her things she always says, which is, you know, life is a choice. You know, the choices you make make the life you lead. And that is a Valism. And... 
I just can't think of really a better way to express that than the way she says it. I haven't quite said that yet because they're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> I heard that like 400 times. Um, but ultimately, those things do come in my head. And, and to be honest, I, I, what I really think is going to happen over time is it's important for all of us and this, this program this year. Like, we don't get a do-over. This is the most important year for this team right now. So, you know, I don't get to come and warm up and go, hey, how's this going? Like, we got to hit the road running. And so that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important that we come up with our own language for things so that it feels like this is our thing. We're not trying to be Miss Val, but not to change for change's sake. So there's the, this balance. So we've worked hard on, on making our own language of things. And I'll just give you one little insider thing. Like, we've talked about the Bruin bubble for since 2010. That's been the Bruin bubble is like our competitive house in which the team lives when we compete. And we, we labeled that the Bruin bubble. Well, you know, when we were talking uh, a couple days before our inter-squad and trying to think of, okay, what are we going to do on this inter-squad? What's important? How are we going to get there? And so they just came up with their own thing, which was Bruin Force. It's B-Force. You know, it's like a whole Star Wars-y thing. Now we're we're going to get into the B-Force and focus on that. And so it's been nice for them because they're really excited about the culture that's been established, but they want to put their own stamp on it too. And they're really excited to come up with their own language and keep moving that forward. And you talk about how it's become our culture and you bring back a couple people who've been around this culture and Don Palangi, uh, who was a former volunteer assistant for you. And then Christina Comforti back as an associate head coach as well. How, how have they helped you through all this? Uh, I can't even express how much they've all helped. BJ Das too. All three yep. of them, um, they are an integral part of the leadership of the, the program. And, you know, I hired them because they're going to bring things to the table that I don't. And so that it, that's constantly happening. You know, where I, where I don't bring something, then they're going to be more organized or they're going to think of this, they're going to think of that. So, like, Christina is the kind of person that she's just on task. She's always on task, you know, keeping everything dialed in. And that's really helpful. You know, I'm, I'm like the hype guy. It's kind of my thing. I'm just the hype guy <laughs> all the time. Um, and then Dom, he just has such an easy way with our athletes, with our student athletes, just to connect with them and to communicate with him. He's just easy to approach, and he has this intuition about the sport generally that, um, I don't know, it, it's just so valuable to the program. And then BJ, she, oh, my gosh, our choreographer. Yeah, what what is she going to bring to the table this year? Because this is going to be certainly a, a new feature for right. for your squad. I know everybody's saying the pressure's on me, but it might just be on her, It'll actually. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you think, of, you think of UCLA gymnastics and you think of the choreography. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so BJ has all of this pressure on her to uphold that. I have never seen anybody go into anything with as highest standard as she has uh, as high but not any higher she has been obsessed with every single part of developing the choreography i mean the music selecting the music is like a months-long project and then cutting the music is a months-long project and everything is like has to be meticulous so bottom line she has been incredible she's dove in head first um, that first routine, getting that first one done, I think was the most anxiety riddled for her because it was like it had to be here, you know, it had to be the best. Um, and once we got that going, she started rolling. But the routines are, in my humble opinion, they're 
over the top. They are over the top. Chris, you, you alluded to this. You bring a lot of energy. Yeah. And that's part of your motivating tactic. And you've talked about in recent interviews about how, you know, your goal is to have your gymnast break through personal barriers. Yeah. And how fulfilling that is for you. Is there anything specific that really kind of changed your mind and was so rewarding to you from a certain gymnast that just opened you up to just all sorts of positivity? That's something that you notice and it's like, wow. I mean, there's been so many. Um, in terms of trying to help athletes and people break through their own barriers, I just think that is a metaphor for life and that they can do it in gym. Then we could apply that. They can apply that to life. And so over the years, there's been a lot of people, you know, like Janae Honest is one that comes to mind just recently. You know, in 2018, um, she was one of the key athletes on bars to get us rolling to help us win a national championship. And she was an athlete who, you know, when she came to UCLA, everybody thought, oh, that was a terrible decision. She's not going to compete, you know. And now that she's here, she's if she does compete, it'll be like barely anything. But she helped us win a national championship. And on that bar routine, I mean, she got a 10 by, from one of the judges. Like, it was phenomenal. And so seeing people who are willing to work really hard and being open-minded and, and coachable, I will go to the end of the earth for that person, like no matter what, and somehow try to help them overcome whatever glass barrier they have and just bust through that thing. And she did that. And now what's so fun is seeing her, you know, in her life after gymnastics. I mean, she just keeps doing that again and again and again. It's awesome. We're talking with Chris Waller, the first-year head coach of UCLA Gymnastics. Got to meet the Bruins coming up on Saturday, December 14th at 4 o'clock free to attend. You can check out those floor routines we talked about. One player I'm really curious about, or, or one performer I'm really curious about, you know, there's Madison Koshin and Kyla Ross, but as far as stories go, Nikki Shapiro, who was here a few years ago in 2016, then quits the sport, just gets out of gymnastics and has now found her way back here and I understand that she had to try out for the team, but she made it and now she's back here this season as a fifth-year senior. Yeah. What what has that been like, having, so, having her back? How, how did that all come about? Nikki Shapiro brings with her, uh, she has a wisdom about leadership and the energy of a team, especially in game day situations. Like she can feel the pulse of a team and she'll swoop in and just somehow the right words will come to her head and the team will go, wah, and they're ready to go. That's one of the things that we were really excited about having her back on the team for because she just can get the team going and has clarity that way. Um, she's taken a long, circuitous route in college. Her college experience is like three college experiences between being an athlete and then not being an athlete and figuring out her major. She's a philosophy major and loving that. She's a yoga instructor and she's coached gymnastics. And now here she is being a gymnast again. I mean, it's incredible all the things that, that she's doing. Uh, so she's another one of those people who, for me, I hope so much that she's going to break through and become one of our key players this year. You know, she's got a great chance on beam and bars, but to be honest, if her body can stay healthy and everything, like she's got a chance in all the events. Chris, my final question for you is how do you manage the pressure that surrounds this program and all the pageantry that comes with it? You've been around it for so long, but it must not be easy all the time, just given everything that this program has accomplished in the past. If I let myself think about that pressure, I'll probably just go crazy. Like, <laughs> like immediately, like, head explodes, you know? Yeah. 
there are, of course, times when I start thinking about that and what are people thinking and this and that. Ultimately, if I'm at my best, I'm literally thinking about the person in front of me and how can I help that person? Like if I'm, if I'm present with them, how can I help them? And it's really about just building relationships and building something really important between a bunch of spectacularly like talented individuals. And if we can build something really special together, that's like this crazy tight knit family doing something amazing together, the season's going to be great. And so just investing into that family over and over. We've got plenty of chances to come see the squad this year after meet the Bruins. You've got six home meets throughout the, the spring quarter there, the season opener in, Han in Anaheim. So, Chris, thanks so much for your time. We're really excited to see how things progress this year. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here, and I look forward to seeing everybody on the radio at Meet the Bruins this Saturday, 4 o'clock. And autograph session. Oh, my gosh. How can you forget? No, at I don't, meet the I don't Bruins. know. I shouldn't do that. How yeah. can I forget? Meet the Bruins. <laughs> Another incentive to come to meet the Bruins. Your one and only chance to get the autograph from every single person on the team after the, after the event. And by the way, if you're not paying close attention to our social media, you should because... Oh, yeah, I heard about we this. We will be doing some very special and unique things that have never before been done in college gymnastics. I mean, never before. That's it's, what they call a tease. That's I was going to say. It that is, is the ultimate of teases. It is unbelievable. <laughs> so shout out to Nick Cope for joining me on that interview. Nick had been a co-host with me on Locked On Bruins. He is still a co-host with me on the Bruin Insider Show, which airs on Tuesdays. And that interview we did with Chris Waller initially ran on that show earlier this week. And before I go further about basketball here... Don't forget, when it comes to Spotify, if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and the host or show Twitter account on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. So, back to basketball here, and Mick Cronin addressed the media Yesterday, as his team prepares to take on Notre Dame on Saturday. By the way, that is a noon Pacific tip, and it will be on ABC. So, nationally televised game on ABC. And if you're in Los Angeles, it will be on AM570 LA Sports. Love Mick Cronin. I've mentioned this for a lot of reasons. For one, if you sit in on one of his press conferences, whether you were expecting it or not, you are going to come out of that press conference more educated on the sport of basketball by his storytelling, by his openness to be real with you in the interviewee, and the fact that he's so real. You know, he is a straight shooter. And I just feel like my basketball IQ. It grows every time I listen to Mick Cronin speak. He's just a wealth of information. He's got all sorts of wisdom, obviously. And one other topic that he discussed during his little get-together with the media yesterday, and, and this is something that's been going on for a while. People want to know what's it going to take, and that is playing 40 minutes of really rigorous, tough-nosed, steady strong defense we've seen spurts we've seen halves but we have not seen it all put together in a full game 
And Mick Cronin said, I got the answer for you on that. And the reporters were looking in keenly and like, okay, let's see. Let's hear what he has to say. He said, just wait till next year. That's when we're going to have it done. He says that because the team is still inexperienced, it comes down to just minutes played and getting more game reps in the real games, learning how to play through mistakes, saying that there's no magic potion out there. But for all of the youngsters on this team, you get them a year older under this system, they're going to play longer periods of really tough-nosed, engaged defense. That's what he was saying. He said also that inexperienced teams, they get tired and they have a hard time sustaining. Well, if that doesn't make sense, it obviously does. You look at UCLA, they have have had a hard time sustaining great effort on the defensive end. And he said if you're going to win at the highest level in college basketball, you either have to be really talented or you have to be older if you're going to win those upper echelon games. I think the Bruins are talented, but they're not old enough. And when they get older, they're going to get talented. I think they could have both of those, and they could be in the best of both worlds. But right now, you have to understand that this is a a learning process for this team. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about what Mike Bray, head coach for Notre Dame, had to say coming into this matchup against UCLA. So stay tuned for that. As always, I'm grateful for your time. Let me know if anything is on your mind, Bruin Athletics-wise, by email, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. Of course, I'm on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, and I will be on Saturday night in the overnights. So any night owls out there or those who work third shifts, respect to you. I'll be there working a third shift for Fox Sports Radio, wherever you tune into Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM, or your local Fox Sports Radio affiliate. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Brian Fenley.